for the camera? Are we going for the million next year? Yes. And I say, that with, hesit- I say that with hesitation <laughs> because I would have never imagined that, let alone the six figures. Because the goal was 100000 <laughs> And once I got past 100000 I was like, okay, then the goal, right, we got past 100 we got to 150 then we got to 200 and she's like, yeah, we got to go for uh, 250 I was like, now a quarter of a million. Like, that just sound better right, to me. Right. Like, so we got that. And I was like, dang, so we passed that. So now, like, we just keep going yeah, up. <laughs> David Chance presents to you the morning meetup. Do you have an idea you need to get off the ground? Are you a small business owner looking to earn supplemental income or replace your current income? Come and join the most amazing mentorship and accountability group for entrepreneurs live with David Shands himself. That's right. This is not pre-recorded and it's not a replay. This is live every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern. In addition to the live calls, you also receive a weekly individual Q&A call, a private Facebook community, access to all call replays, and access to David's list of resources and contacts you need to be in an environment of success so head over to themorningmeetup.com today for your one dollar seven day trial that's right just one dollar for seven days of access to the morning meetup take massive action towards manifesting your dreams today themorningmeetup.com and three two one you're listening to the Real Social Proof Podcast with Mr. Sleepers for Suckers himself, David Shands. Let's get it. All right, so Donnie, give me a mic check. It's Donnie in the building in the first of the morn. I'm coming in and I didn't eat cream corn. Jared's in the middle and Dave's on the end. We about to talk about how we win, win, win. Donald, Donald, please keep that. Please keep that and put that in the podcast. I've people, the, the people need to hear that, okay? Let's just get started, man. Welcome to the Social Proof Podcast. You Donnie, not stay with the bars. Style. There's no way we're editing that out. Uh, like a singing group? Or I something? was in a girl group. Now, 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 I was a rapper rapper, okay? Y'all are not going to play my skills. <laughs> However, I am in my early 40s, and, you know, things have changed, so. Mm, for sure. Actually, we're going to see All right, so, man, we, I, I, I'm, I'm really excited about uh, y'all listening to this podcast. Um, shouts out to the love. Thanks for everybody that's uh, DMing myself and Donnie, just saying, you know, this is changing my life. This is dope. I mean, we, we appreciate all the comments. Y'all left Donnie alone. Y'all they did. Leave me alone. Oh, my God. Finally. <laughs> Y'all have left me alone. Thank you, guys. I, I was actually feeding off of the hate. They hated that I was a part of this podcast. Like, his audience on YouTube bad. was she like, was where'd she come from? What kind of contract did y'all sign? What do you owe her? Wow. <laughs> you guys, maybe I have a different, I had a different perspective because Up a little bit. I've there we go. been working with you, so. Yeah, they thought I was trash. <laughs> but no, it was it was funny and it was inspiration. And some of the some of the comments made me better. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it's, it's good. It's good feedback to know what what the audience thinks about the podcast, how we want to do it. And I'm looking at um, kind of like the analytics um, on. I think they want us to jump into the podcast a little sooner. So we're gonna I jump into we the podcast. I think we should. I don't think they care about our week or anything like that. I don't think like they that. care how we were this they week. Don't. But just for the record, uh, I had an amazing week. Yo, there's bro. There's I don't know. There's one fly that just be it lives around. 
It lives here. It'd be around. <laughs> it's always here. Yo, it's crazy. So, um, yeah, so don't ignore our buddy. Um, so let's just jump into it, man. Uh, we have a very special guest today that I just met this morning. Mm-hmm. But your story is super inspirational. And um, how Donnie took you from... <laughs> Yo, Donnie, Donnie should just bring on all our clients. You know what I'm saying? And then... If you work with her, it's like, yo, this is my proof. So my clients be you super being, lit. Can't be mad. Listen, can't be mad complete your thought. Your thought, though. What were you about to say? <laughs> continue to sing my praises. Con- con- continue. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just listening over here. Now, uh, Donnie's just an amazing coach. So to be able to have someone come on and then, um, and you know, kind of see what it, uh, uh, what success takes and how it includes a mentor. And actually, you were telling a story. Tell me the story on how you met Donnie. Oh my okay so what really happened was (laughs) i met i found you through et Mm -hmm. that's why i found you and then i think it was dorito days maybe that's what caught my eye and i started Mm -hmm. watching a lot of your videos and for some reason you just you know some people just resonate with you and it's like they're talking to you so i was like you were that person for me i kept following watching and you posted on instagram one day like i'm taking like maybe five clients or something like that and I was like, okay, let me, I've never had a coach before. I don't really know what it means, but I feel like I should do this. I'm trying to grow my business. Mm-hmm. Um, so I shot you a DM. You're like, yeah, I don't have any spots available. Then you asked me some, it was some weird question. It was like, are, where are you from? Or it's like, are you a guy or something? Like something weird. I can't remember. You do qualify men or women. Yeah, because you only send men to one person and women That's what to it me. Was. Not necessarily. Not anymore. But you used Because he's a guy and I sent them to you. What was the question? We gotta find it. Let's find the question. Let's find the question. Because first off, I don't ask weird questions. You know what I'm They're always very intentional. And well, I hope it's not weird when you actually read it. Always but, a um, purposeful question. Oh yes, yeah, it's, it's purposeful. There, there's a particular reason, I'm sure. Um, so you actually found me and started watching my content on Instagram at Sleep is for Suckers. If they want to enjoy that as well. And yo, in all honesty, okay. so some people say, um, yo, I got five slots left or 10 slots left, they'll really take everybody. But mm-hmm. when I'm done, I'm done. Yeah. So if y'all ever see me post, y'all gonna take a couple clients, I mean it. It's not a, a fear of missing out type thing. So did you find it? Yeah, so, okay, so I, I asked the question, it was, or who's in your starting five for individual or group coaching? I guess I was just trying to figure out mm-hmm. who I was, like who should I talk to? I was talking about the business. And you're like, well, where do you live and are you a guy or girl? That's <laughs> 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 a Tallahassee male. Uh, I was like, I could help, but I'm not taking any clients at the moment, but I would have someone that gets results from her clients as well. Let me reach out to her to see if we can get a conversation. And that's how we started. You sent me uh, Donnie's IG handle, and uh, I took it from there. Hmm. Okay. I wonder why I asked that question. What know. was going through my mind? But when you referred her, I was like, okay, well, if he thought enough of her to refer, I was like, let's do it. So, yeah. I don't know why I asked that question. I think maybe, um, I don't know why I asked that question. Hmm, interesting. But I know at one out. time you used to only send me female clients. So at, maybe at that time you were sending guys somewhere else. Because at one time, remember we You're had right. to have a conversation yep. that you thought that I only coached women. Yes. Yeah, so that's yes. probably why you asked him that. Was that in the same converse, like in the same time frame where I said, guy or girl, did I reply right back yeah. with, here's Donnie? Yeah. Well, no, there was, wait, what did you say? Because, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think you were, because it seemed like you were doing, like, more women at some point. Early in my career, yeah. I did women. And that's because, so early in my career, I did who did me, right? right. I was for who was for me. Right. But then it started to transition, and... Uh, men started to 
it's really weird. You know, it's, mm. it's that, that thing that happens between men and women, like right. a man taking guidance or counsel from a woman. Right, right. There has to, it, it has to be a really particular type of confident man. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Who does that? Yeah, it was, it was all within the, a day. Okay, yeah, I probably thought about it. I was like, uh. You probably text me. Donnie. Yeah, I'm going to text you. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, Donnie, you working <laughs> with guys out here in these streets? <laughs> yeah, so that, that, that is awesome. So you, um, you found me, then, you know, we... Um, Kind of gave you my, my backup. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it was funny, too, because when, when you sent me her, uh, her IG, I think at that time you had, you had like, your 40,000 or something. I was like, she's not going to see my DM. <laughs> oh, uh, I had a lot before of you got hacked. Before, before I got, got hacked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so what, what got you to the point where you're saying, I need a coach? It is an interesting conversation, right, for the person who they're trying to figure it out, but that one thing that's missing a lot of times is coaching. So where did you get the idea, you know, I need a coach? Um, so it was probably like three or four years ago. I went to uh, self-development. It, you know, it's kind of be like a popular thing right now. Um, but I was like self-development, put the time in to learn more things for yourself where you can grow. So I went to a conference. That was my first big investment. I went to, a, I said big investment, but not really that big. How much was it? It was $300. But it was in Vegas. So it's kind of like a trip too. Mm-hmm. So And I brought one of my boys. It's a investment. Yeah. Right. Um, so it was, it was a conference called Thrive, I believe is the name of it. And the reason I went was because E.T. was speaking. Um, there's another guy, Charlie. There are a couple of guys that were speaking there that I've been following. I was like, it would be cool. They're all in one spot. Like, I got to go to it, right? And it's in Vegas. I got to go. Um, so then just sitting in that, those rooms and listening to the conversation they were having, I was like, they were always talking about coaching or have somebody hold you accountable, this and that. And I was like, okay, if I don't have that, like, I can hold myself accountable. But when I go to talk about the business stuff, some people just don't understand. They don't understand where I'm coming from. Like I have an idea and there's like, yeah, sounds good, but I can't really go into detail with the idea because they're just gonna be like, hey, I don't know if that's gonna work or not. So mm-hmm. I don't feel comfortable telling them everything, I guess. Um, so yeah, that's why I thought about self-development. It's like, and I keep seeing a lot of the successful people have coaches and they keep talking about coaching and have somebody hold your hand through the process or bounce ideas off of. And um, I was like, well, I'm not doing that right now. So. Mm-hmm. Let's try it. I didn't know how much coaching costs. I didn't mm-hmm. know anything. I literally was like, okay, if I want to grow, like, let me just try it. I'm one of those people that I like to just jump in and, you know, try new things and say I did it and not be like, well, what if, what if I don't so do it. So where were you in your business where you started to make this decision? I had just opened our the storefront. Um, so the first year in the storefront. So I already had my the mobile business going for uh, four years already. But, again, the growth. So stepping into something that I didn't really know of. And I was like, I definitely want to have a coach, um, to, you know, just guide me through that process or to give me some ideas because they've been there. Yeah. Um, always, you always talk about um, don't talk to somebody who hasn't been there already and you can skip some steps. 100%. So, um, that was a big thing. For what me. was your impression of him when, when he called? Honestly, <clears throat> when Jared and I first talked, so for, for reference, we've been working together for a little over a year at this point. Um, when Jared and I first talked, the first thing I asked him about his business was like, wait, people really buying? Because we, we started working together like right going into the winter. And I'm like, so what's your plan for the winter? And he's like, working. And I'm like, people really out here buying ice in the winter? Mm. I didn't get it. And so he was telling me Jared has this, um, it's not just snowballs. It's Yeah, I'm sorry. We didn't even introduce. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Introduce oh. yourself and what you do, first off. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm Jared. 
Um, born and raised. Give them your first and last name because they're going to be looking. Got you, Jared Malloy. Um, born and raised in Tallahassee. You better be coaching them in the midst. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're going to be. They're going to be looking. <laughs> I love yeah, it. Born in Tallahassee, Florida. Um, I attended Southern University. Um, I was fortunate to have a baseball scholarship out there, so that's how I ended up at Southern. Um, and from there, you know, that's where I learned about snowballs. Um, I had some teammates that would always want to go to the snowball stand at the end of practice. I was like, nah, like, let's get a Gatorade. Like, it's like shaved ice, yeah, right? Yeah, because in my head, I'm thinking snow cones, like the crunchy, you know, the blue and the red flavor. That's what I'm thinking of. And they're asking me this, like, every single day. And they're all they're from Louisiana. What's the difference between a small snowball and a snow cone? What's the, what's the difference? So it's the texture, the texture of the ice. Um, a snow cone is what everybody's accustomed to, like the machines you can go to at the fair. Um, so they have like a, a machine that crushes the ice. So it's real. And this, when you pour the syrup, it goes straight down to the bottom. Mm. You know? So that's the difference there. Uh, where shaved ice or snowballs, it's finely shaven ice. So it's really like it's snowing outside. You pick up some snow and pour the syrup on it. And it should, the syrup should go through the whole snowball. So every scoop you take should have flavor on it if gotcha. it's done correctly. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I'm originally from New Orleans. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I know the craze behind snow cones and snowballs and things like that. But I had never, I left New Orleans at an early age. So I never got to see, um, I I thought I had it. I thought I had it. I never, I never tasted, uh, you know, like he does an Oreo flavor snowball. And all I'm thinking Mm. is Oreos on ice or, or stuffed cheesecake. But these people go crazy. So I can't wait. I wish you, this is Jared and I's first time meeting in person. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Last wow. night when he got here, when he arrived, wow. this was our first time meeting in person. But I just didn't get the concept. And I still tell you, I'm, I'm like, I still don't really get the craze about cheesecake inside of a snowball. But he makes, he puts these pictures on the internet that it's like, I got to have one. Like, I, I have to try one. And they're so delicious. What, Are you going Instagram? to the Instagram? Yeah. Snowballs. So S N E A U X B A. LLS. You know, we like grew up, I don't know. Shirt? Yeah. Shans, did you, uh, did you used to take Kool-Aid and freeze it, put it in the freezer? Of course. Yeah. So that's what I was thinking, but it's nothing like that. S-N-E-A-U-X-B-A-L-L-S. Yeah. Because he keeps looking at the shirt. He's Snow having balls. a hard time over there. Okay. All right. Just followed you. Oh, wow. Oh, that's not your average snowball. No, <laughs> it's dope, right? Dang, that's crazy. Those look delicious. Yeah, yeah so when he first awesome. came, I was just, you know, I've never worked with a company who uh, sold this type of product before. And I don't necessarily prefer to work with products, you know, at this time. But let's see. Let's do it. <laughs> Dang, these joints are still gourmet snowballs. Gourmet so, snowballs. So how'd you get into gourmet snowballs? Uh, so, yeah. Living in Louisiana for seven years, um, like I said, my teammates, they introduced me to it. And it's literally a staple in Louisiana. Like, you'll find a snowball stand everywhere. So they're known. Gourmet snowballs. No, well, not gourmet snowballs. You got to add your twist to everything. Right. right? Um, so, but they introduced me to what a snowball is. So, like, I'm thinking crunchy ice, snow cones. And then they take me, they're like, I see the flavor list. I'm like, oh, they got cotton candy. Okay, cool. What is tiger's blood? I'm like, I'm used to, like, the cherry and the blue raspberry. Yeah, yeah for Let me sure. get the blue and the red. Let me get the red, right. <laughs> yeah. red and blue. So I was seeing, like, these lists of, like, 60, 70 different flavors. I'm like, okay, this is cool. Like, let me just try it. So I got a cotton candy one. And I was like, okay, this is different. The ice is smooth. It's, like, flavorful. It tastes like cotton candy. And uh, then I started going back all the time. And mm. they're out there, they're inexpensive, like, a dollar, dollar twenty-five. Mm. So 
it's like something you could literally go to every day. Right. So that's how it really started. Um, well, you gave me the idea, but how did like, you start? Oh, so how I started. So when I moved back to Tallahassee after college, um, I was working at a financial firm and I was doing fine there, but it just wasn't like my clients were cool, but I, I, get, I was getting a lot of pressure from, I guess, the firm to do things that they wanted to do instead of how I wanted to do mm-hmm. it, even though I was getting my stuff done. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I started thinking, I was like, well, what am I passionate about? What do I, what am I good at? And this goes back to when I was getting into self-development too. So mm-hmm. I started watching like ET stuff like that. And I was really getting into that kind of stuff. I was like, what am I passionate about? What am I good at? So I was like, what does my mom tell me I'm good at? It's like, well, kids are just always drawn to you for whatever reason. I was like, okay, that's weird. What else am I good at? Okay, well. <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> yeah, so was, what else am I good at? I'm good at baseball and sports. I'm good. I'm a visual learner. Um, so I'm, And I'm good at teaching, too, what I can do. Um, so I was like, well, how do I pair those two things together? And I was like, well, maybe I could start like a youth development program that I teach student athletes um, how to perform at their, or their athletic level. And um, really just giving back to the community, too. That's the development side of it. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm really big into that. When I was at school, I loved to do the – I was one of the first people to always sign up on Saturdays to do, like, community give back, stuff like that. So I was like, let's tie those two things together because they have programs in college called um, Life Skills. It's an actual program for student athletes. And it's pretty much you go out in the community, um, you help out while you're using your platform. That's what it's really all about, just giving back, using your platform for something better. Um, So I was like, how do I create my own program like that? And I was like, well, I could do that. I could teach kids, and I could also do the youth development because I can do both. And I was like, well, dang, when you start business, you got to have money. Like, Mm. (laughs) how do I raise money? I'm not about to ask people for money. This is your first business you ever started? Yeah, first business. Wow. I can tell you're just, like, super green about the whole entrepreneurial thing. Yeah, I was like, like, dang, man, I'm not asking nobody for money. Like, how can I raise money? And at this time, it was summertime, too, um, and I live in a college town, so – you know, Saturdays, all the pools are just packed, right? So I'm like, well, I go to the pool with my friends on Saturdays already. Mm-hmm. So what can I do? Maybe I could sell some snow cones or snowballs by the pool, like, for a dollar or something. I was like, sounds like a good idea. I could raise some money here and there. And I did some research while I was at work, doing research, like, what do I need, all mm-hmm. the kind of equipment. And I made up my mind I was going to leave that job. And I was like, well, now I really got to do this. So I remember, mm-hmm. I remember I got home. And I went on eBay. I found a machine for like, I think it was like $150. I was like, because this time I have, my budget was super mm. slim too. So uh, it was like two or $150 for the machine. Um, I found a place that had ready to use syrup, which means it's already like in the bottle. All I got to do is pour it in my bottles and pour it onto the, the uh, shaved ice. And I got a table. And I went to my first uh, apartment complex, just apartment community. Mm-hmm. And uh, I talked to the property manager, like, hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm trying to raise money for the youth development program that I'm starting. Um, can I set up here and serve snowballs to your residents, like, on Saturday? He's like, yeah, that's cool. Um, so, cool, I'll be here Saturday. Mm. Set up. And literally, I had a table and a tent set up, and I literally uh, maybe sold maybe, like, three or four. Mm. But what happened was the, the property manager must have seen when I had a line, I guess, He's like, at the end, he's like, yeah, man, the residents seem to really, they really love this. Um, do you guys cater? You had a line, but you only sold three or four? Yeah, but at that time, it was three or four at that time that he saw, I guess. Oh, gosh, gotcha, so gotcha, it was gotcha. only the one little spurt. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. And, uh, yeah, he's like, um, do you guys cater? And I was like, yeah. 
<laughs> of course. Now like, we do. Yeah, right, right, right. So he's like, what are, well, what are your catering rates? And I was like, you have no idea. Like, I literally just started this, like, last week. Um, Did you tell him that? Nah. Okay. Nah. Cool. So I had, like, <laughs> I got on Word and typed out, like, my little catering. I feel like a New Orleans uh, picture and just made it kind of look. Pr- it was, now that I look back at it, I was like, what was I doing? But I, I was just it. doing what I thought I had to do. And um, so, yeah, he's like, yeah, we have an event. On next Saturday, um, what are your catering rates? I was like, I don't, I don't know. So I got on Google and looked at other snowball companies. What mm-hmm. did they charge for catering? I would say like two hundred dollars, one hundred and fifty. I was like, that's a little too much. I don't feel con- like really I, I, at the time. I was like, nah, I can't ask that. So I said seventy five dollars for an hour. But my twist on it was instead of having to count cups, my twist was, hey, I would be out here for an hour and do unlimited snowballs. Mm-hmm. So to me, unlimited just sounds more attractive. Like you're getting more money for your um, what you're doing. And it's not bad though for an hour. You're not gonna sell seventy five of them, right? Right. I, well, I didn't and if you're know. gonna sell someone for a dollar, you're coming up. I don't know what I was doing. All I knew is I went from you know a dollar snowball to seventy five dollars in one day, right? Yeah. Um. So then I set up there and um, they paid right on hand just like that. And I was like, dang, I just got seventy five dollars for an hour, you know, serving this ice. And <laughs> I was like, this machine is not going to cut it. So I was mm. like, let me get two of these machines. And mm. so I got two just because I was like, this one's going to overheat. And I got a backup because I could $75 a lot for me to be like, yeah, my machine overheated. You know, what year was this? This was 2014. 2014. Okay. So 2014. you had the table set up because you're looking to fundraise for what you thought your business would actually be, right? right? So you didn't start the snowballs because you thought this would be your business. You started uh-huh. it because you were fundraising for what you thought would be your business. But something happened that made you say, okay, this business is not for me. Um, yeah. Tell us about this is This is super funny. Things just always come full circle. So I remember you telling me a story about a guy that you talked to, um, CJ Stewart, mm-hmm. who is a former major league baseball player and I didn't find this story out until a couple of months ago but CJ Stewart actually went to high school with me oh wow yeah he went to high school with me and you reached out to CJ and he shot your dreams down or something yeah, like that yeah he shot him down <laughs> he shot him down so I'll, I'll never forget this story and this is one of those moments where everything kind of it's one of those shifts that happened for me um so I reached out to my former middle school baseball coach and I was telling him what I was trying to do and i Google again and Facebook, and I saw CJ, he had this program, I think it's called LEAD, mm-hmm. where he does mentorship for student athletes, um, as well as instructional stuff for the student. I was like, well, dang, that's exactly what I'm trying to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so my old coach, he's like, yeah, you need to reach out to this guy. And I was like, okay. So he gave me his number, uh, or I, I messaged him, he gave me his number, and I'm thinking, man, he gonna help me out, like, it's gonna be great. I'm sitting at the barber shop in the parking lot, mm-hmm. I call him, can you know, get the first jitter nerves, like, man, okay, so he picks up, we start talking, you know, he's like, well, um, tell me, like, what are you doing, what's up? And I was telling him, like, what I was trying to do with the program, and he was like, sounds good, but why should I help you? I was like, uh, I was like, mm. was like, what value are you bringing me? Like, why should I tell you all this stuff? I'm like, dang, bro, I'm just trying to get some, some answers. <laughs> I'm trying to get on. That's all. I didn't, I didn't know where this is going. Um, so I say that to say, like, even though the conversation lasted over an hour, though, mm. despite how it started, I was like, dang, this dude's like shooting me down left and right, telling me like, you're not credible because you don't have any experience doing this. And I was like, well, dang, he is right. Like, maybe this isn't what I should be doing. Um, so it's not that it discouraged me from doing it, but it made me realize, like, 
I do need to have some credible sources to do this. Um, I'm, I do need to bring some value. I'm going to ask somebody for something. I need to bring them something too, not just mm-hmm. take, take, take. Yeah. So that was my first lesson in that. Yeah, two things on that. One, I think the um, the worst advice you can receive is bad advice from someone you respect. Because mm. it's so easy for someone to lead you astray. Not that he's giving you bad advice, but I think that's one. And two is some of the hardest uh, advice you can receive is uh, um, kind of deflating news or information about a project from someone you respect. So I've had these mentors where they're, they're, they're asking me the hard questions, not to tell me it's not going to work, but they're trying to figure out how it's going to work and get me to think about it. But that is super deflating. Yeah, it was. Especially it, when you're excited, you're like, oh, he's going to give it a game. And you're he like, gave me his number? Right. Yes. I, was, I was excited. I'll never forget exactly where I was at. But, mm. yeah, I was excited. Um, and where were you in your business at this point? I wasn't. This is before you even started? Yeah, this is before oh, wow. I even started. This is when I was all in on the um, development program. Gotcha. And, I, gotcha. and that's what I was trying to figure out. Like, how do I get that started? Um, oh, so he actually discouraged you enough to start selling mm-hmm. snow cones. Mm-hmm. So he literally like <laughs> talked you out of your dream. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. He did. He, he, I'm gonna say he talked me out of it because I still have that dream. Because when I was going into race or uh, serving, not serving, but going into these meetings with these property managers, that was still the baseline. Was I'm raising money for the youth development program? Maybe it wasn't gonna start today, but that's the end goal for it. Do you ever plan to do that? Yeah, well, you actually brought up something um, one of our sessions before. You're kind of like how things go full circle. Mm-hmm. Um, and what Donnie was saying was like, my, my business now is really based on the community aspect and yeah. being that figure of seeing people be able to do something that's successful, um, but also giving back to the community and using the platform for something positive, which is sure. all what the youth development program, what I was trying to instill on the student athletes, but I'm actually doing it myself now. Um, so it's cool to see that kind of go full circle. And now I have people, you know, wanting to pay it forward to people or mm. do something special to the community because they see me doing it. So it's not so much I have to have well, the Real quick. So, I, so none of, like, the money doesn't actually go into the program? No, I don't have the program right now. But you tell the community well, not people. A, not anymore. Oh, okay. that, not was, anymore. that was back then. <laughs> that was back then. It's like, hey, man, try to start this program. Yeah, no, no, no. It's that almost like anymore. the kids that walk around with the little sheet, like, hey, we need some money for our football. With the water? <laughs> yeah, no, that was. With the water? I stopped it after yeah, the first year. You are year. not going to no football <laughs> tournament, to football, child. But, but something, something big came out of this because think about how many people, like, I know I had people along the way that tried to talk me out of my dream. Right. Tried to talk me out and no, you should just get a job. You should just do this. What qualifies you to do X, Y and Z? And in this case, sometimes sometimes your goal isn't big enough. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you think about this case, Jared specifically wanted to help a small group of people, student athletes that were connected to him and he wanted to pour into them and teach, you know, give back in a community service type of way. But that conversation literally shifted him in another direction, and you think that he's just running a snowball business, but he does a day, like a snow day in his town where he's really in the community. But now he gets to, like, now he's a pillar in his community. When people want to fundraise for stuff or have someone who comes out and connects to the actual people, he's high on the list. 
So you wanted to impact this small group. You did this business, which was your fallback business, and you end up impacting way more people in the process. That's like for somebody out there, like it always connects. It always comes back around. It always comes back around. Like don't get talked out of your dream, but maybe, maybe if it's not working right now, just approach it from a different angle, approach it differently. So I remember when, (laughs) I don't even remember at this time without looking at my notes where we start, he's been all over the mic. He's been every, get it, get it, get it, do it. Mm. it. I remember Shans when, when we, I don't remember where you were when we first started, but I do know that at January at the top of this year. Hold on, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. Did I get him? You would have had to wash your hands if you did. <laughs> I, don't I don't think I got him. Okay. I do remember at the top of this year, January, um, Jared was bringing in about $3,500 a month from the snowball business. Nah, no, 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 that's too, way too much. <laughs> in January, you were. No, 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 no. No, nah, not January. It wasn't January? No, I was in the... Thir- oh, $3,500. $3,500, okay. yeah. yeah. You're right. I'm thinking $3,500. I was like, nah. Yeah. So January of this year. January yeah. of this year, he was at $3,500 a month and now doing about $50,000, $55,000 a month, right, in income. And it didn't take the whole year to do that. I think we did that maybe maybe in the six month, June or July is when that started, about six months later. I think we're speeding. We're speeding. I need to, like, get up okay. to that. I got to oh, get yeah. up to that. Okay. So 2014. Okay, okay, okay. We were excited about the 75 bucks. We're excited about oh, the yeah. $75. Right. Did so you have the good ice then? No, I did not. <laughs> I did not. I, it was like a Snoopy, not a Snoopy machine, but it might as well have been a Snoopy machine. Whatever that means. Like little crank you get for Christmas. No. Mm. Okay. Crank well. and ice. We didn't get <laughs> okay. that. That's what it was. Did you get that on your Christmas list? Uh, I didn't get any. Well, that's what that's what those machines were, and um, so two, 2015. So you're doing this for 12 months from the times you got you got the 75 dollars. Where were we? Yeah, so so the the fast forward be show. I had that first event for 75 dollars, but what I didn't know is that the property that I did the event for they had sister properties. Mm-hmm. So they had four or five sister properties in the city, and when I did mm-hmm. their event all the other sister properties started calling me to do their events for the next weekend. So it kept snowballing. You know what I'm saying? Mm. <laughs> snowballing. So, so then I went from that one event on that Saturday to two events the next Saturday. Then the other apartments called me. And then what happens with all the uh, apartment communities, they all see each, what each other's doing and then they do something different. Cause I was on the first ones in Tallahassee to cater to the residents with snowballs. Like that mm. was, that was new to them. And they were having pool parties every like Friday and Saturday for, you know, like for, uh, it's called retention mm-hmm. for resident, uh, resident retention, retention mm-hmm. just to give back to the residents. And I was like, well, they'll just call me and you know, I'll be there. Um, so yeah, I was literally doing events. Like I'd do two events on a Friday, two events on a Saturday and maybe like one event, but I was doing, I was double booked like for like three months, mm. just on the weekends. So it's rolling. That. Yeah. It was How much like, were you making around that time? <laughs> and I thought I was balling. Uh, I was probably probably like five hundred a week. Mm. That's a good little side yeah, hustle. Yeah, yeah, for that's sure. A, that's a decent side hustle. Shoot, almost what you making at your job, right? You was making what thirty something thousand a year yeah. at your job. Yeah, I was on like five hundred a week, and um, and I remember I was telling I was telling my mom about it because at the time too, I was living at home too, so I didn't have any bills. I didn't have any bills, oh, so I was really balling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you 
Yeah, I was rich. Yeah, I was good. Um, and she saw what I was doing. She's like, oh, it's cool. Like, yeah, but is this sustainable? Like, are you think people are going to keep buying ice? Because nobody was buying ice at this time. Remember, mm-hmm. I was just catering. So right. nobody was actually buying it. So then I had the idea. I started researching more Explain and more. catering, though. Because you think of catering, it's like, okay, I'm having an event. I make this spread and I give the food. But catering is... You just, they buy all the ice and you just give it for free. So what they do, they just, I charge them an hourly rate. Okay. So I take care of everything for them. I say, when do you want me to be there? I'll be there from one to three. Okay, two hours. I'll provide everything. Y'all don't have to do anything at all. Just show me where the electrical outlet's at. Um, So when I do that, I literally just serve as many people that come, I serve them. Do you ask them how many people are going to be there? Nah. Because I, 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 know, I know how many I can serve per hour. And this is over gotcha. time. So I know I can only put out, you know, 75 to 100 snowballs per hour. I know my cost for how much each one costs. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I, it's always going to be a profit no matter how many I serve. What is your so, range of, I'm, I'm sorry, I got you. What is your, because I, I want to understand the business. What is the range that you charge per hour? Is it based on now. now? So now we charge 275 an hour. Um, that's under 100 people. So over that, it could go anywhere up to, it could be like 300 to 350 an hour. Mm. Do you know the teeth I had to pull, though, to get Jerry? I can imagine. He was hiding about $75, but you had the right one. I I increased every, like every year kind of. It was like, okay, I decreased by $25. So it went from $75 to $100. I was like, let's do it. I'm like, yo. It'll be $100. (laughs) I swear, that was like one fifty. Have you ever had to quote a proposal? It'll be three fifty. That's a question. Three fifty. Three. And then if they say no, I mean, well, because I was just putting that out there for a good place for us to start. Now the Um, the worst is when you put your number out there. It'll be three fifty, and then you hear silence, and then you be like, "Well, I mean, we can negotiate." Like they didn't even answer yet. Unavailable. It's three fifty. That's what I usually charge right. people, but for you. It's always up for you. Were you playing that game? No, I, I never had to negotiate, actually. I, Do you know what that's a sign of? A sign. It's always <laughs> too low. <laughs> so do they take it, right? When you say, when you say uh, it'll be 235, they say, okay, great. Do you get it? They don't get an okay, great. It's like, okay. But I don't get any kind of drawback or anything. I never, right, because they're mm-hmm. on the other end like, yo, dude's coming for 275 right. <laughs> Unlimited right. $275. What's happening, though, is the decision maker, the person that's swiping the card, it's not their money. Right. It's yeah. the apartment community's money. So that's they, true. They can, they're not going to be, oh, 275 all right, cool, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, that was another thing I had to learn was, about the marketing budgets that apartment communities have. Mm, talk to me so about that's that. really my niche market is apartment communities. That's who I cater to. That's mm-hmm. how I started the business. That's how I continue to run my catering side of the business. Now, birthday parties, all this stuff is cool and all, but I don't really put my focus towards doing like the private events like that, mm-hmm. unless it's a large amount of people. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, gotcha. So learning the marketing budgets, I know that what I learned, I made relationships with a lot of the pro- uh, property managers. I would pick their brains about like how they do the marketing aspect of everything, and they're like, "Yeah, we get you know five hundred or five thousand dollars, you know, in June, and we don't use all five thousand. We might get less for July." I was like, "So you always have to max out your budgets?" They're like, "Yeah, we have to max out. We try and overspend if we can because then we'll get more for the next budget." So they do all kind of like 
they might buy Apple watches to give out or just stuff to get mm. people to sign leases or renew their lease for the apartment communities. Um, so by Yo, learning, you're dropping so many gems that I hope people are catching, like in terms of the idea, the conversation with the decision makers, knowing you're like you're cornering a market and finding out how much money they got. Mm-hmm. Right. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So by learning that relationships, relationships, every episode we get back to re- the importance of relationships. Mm-hmm. So, you didn't just show up because I know, um, and, and just to pull the principle out in this, sometimes we're so connected to the money that we're not connected to the person, mm. right? And so one person could look at this and say, oh, I got another job. I got this apartment community. And you show up, you do your job, you do your job very well. But the failed opportunity is not in creating the relationship. And one of the things that make you hit and help you grow is your ability to connect to people. So what was it? It, it, it? Was that just something naturally in you that said, let me create this relationship? Or were you trying to learn from them? Like, why did you, why, what made you realize like, okay, I need to start creating relationships and start asking these questions. Really? Because who goes into a, a business and says, so tell me, tell me more about your budget. And right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So how much money do you actually have on that card? Yeah. So actually when I think about it now, um, her name was Chantel. She was friends with my god sister, and she was working in an apartment community. And I was, I felt comfortable approaching her with what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So I told her, like, "Hey, I see the manager here. Like, this is what I'm doing. Like, do you guys have any?" I would let me backtrack. So I would always, I would literally go to every single apartment community and like introduce myself, tell them what I'm doing, give them the flyer that I made. And like, hey, do you guys have any events? And I would do this almost every single day to every, until somebody was like, yeah, we have an event Saturday. Great. Do you want me to come? Well, how much do you charge? Um, so anyways, going back, Chantel, she had owned a, uh, or she was a property manager. And I really would try to learn as much as I could from her because I felt comfortable asking her those kind of questions. So from her, I was like, well, tell me about your marketing budget. Like, how do y'all do that? Like, how much do y'all get? Or mm. what happens if you don't spend it? And she would just start telling me stuff. And that, I would take that note. So I'd go from her apartment community, what she told me. And then I go to the next one and be like, oh, I, I feel more confident going. Like, oh, I know y'all got 5,000. Like, what's my what's my 175 now? Mm. Like, y'all got it. And I know you doing this over and over. And I know if I provide a good service and make it as easy as possible for y'all to where you don't have to clean up and you don't have to coordinate anything, Y'all are going to book me continuously because y'all don't have to do any work. Mm. Um, so that was a big You get a lot of repeat customers? A lot. So at wow. the first year, like I said, it was me just going to all these communities or calling them weekly, introducing myself to the property managers. Um, so now it's at the point where I don't do that, but I go to re- every year I still reintroduce myself because there's so much turnover um, in that in that industry. Um, Which so is good, though, because the people that you are charging $75 to or $100, they don't know. Yeah, them days way past. <laughs> yeah. But do you get? Do you have some people that, like, uh, like th- that you've been charging the same amount for years? Yeah, what I do is I try and keep it consistent with the apartment communities because, again, they all talk. Yeah. So maybe John from this one ends up leaving and going to this one, and then I say, well, hey, you said it was 175 but now you're charging 275 Like, what, yeah. what's up? So I try and keep it consistent with all the apartment communities. Um, even the smaller ones, I still charge the same rate as I would charge the bigger ones. Now, my mm. profit is not going to be as big on the bigger ones, but it makes up because of the profit size on the smaller ones. Mm. So it's never, I never lose. And I always look at it when I go into these events, it's like, okay, 
yeah, y'all y'all got me this time. Y'all y'all had two hundred people show up. I served two hundred. I was working. I was sweating. But then I go to another one, and they might have ten people show up. So I'm like, I'm okay. Well, that made up for the two hundred I just served over here. So I didn't know apartment complexes had. I, well, I get, maybe I didn't think about the budget for for apartment complexes and community engagement. Well, you know what we should do, Donnie? Mm. We should go to apartment complexes and tell them we're going to put on like an entrepreneurship workshop or something like that, teaching them how to like pay their rent. Dang. I think and they could, would pay us. I think we could do something like that. You know, I'm a former property manager. So, mm. yeah, that's that's what I did for 13 years. I managed apartment communities, not complexes. And you'd have to put, um, uh, okay. Did you one up them? What do you Dude, mean? Communities instead of complexes. Yeah, she got. I lived in an apartment complex. That's what I was, I was you know, it wasn't you, much of a community. It you was just, could have lived in an apartment complex. I'm just making it clear that I managed apartment communities. Right. There is a difference. And right? did you have to spend money on community engagement? Absolutely. Well, you didn't have to. You had it in the budget. It was allocated in the budget. And so if you didn't spend it, you couldn't shift it elsewhere. You just lost it. Mm. Right. So we wanted to spend it as much as possible. So when you have like resident functions and you got catered food and you got entertainment, you got people coming by. That's that's called that's resident lane. event. That's a lane. If you're watching this and you want if you are a, a community, you know, that now that I think about it, it was a young lady. She worked at an apartment. It was definitely a complex. It was a complex. <laughs> and she would buy shirts for her staff. Mm-hmm. Right? She bought a work, work shirts and they we would put like their community, their um their logo on the arm. And I never thought about it. Like, yeah, she was buying it off the butt. They got a budget. If you're watching this and you want us to come engage your community, okay? We'll like inspire, there. motivate them in this tough time. Just, you, you know, know actually, us- that's a really good idea. So somebody's probably going to jack it, but it's okay. We don't mind giving out ideas. Right now, especially with what's going on in our economy, mm, right? You, you have them. a lot of people who can't pay their rent, and we're about to go through it again, analysts saying even worse than what we went through you know, earlier with mm. the pandemic. And so if you have any connections, if you're a resident or a property manager or an investor somehow, and you care about... Uh, the community being able to pay their rent, bring us on, like for sure. Let's yeah. let's let's start that conversation. Yeah, and sure. if you have something to offer that could benefit, because you can't just go to an apartment community. What you can't do is just go and say, "Hey, I am a fitness trainer, mm-hmm. right? I want to come and and do fitness lessons. Can you guys pay me for it?" What you can say is, for example, where I live, we have trainers who come out. For us, it's free. The community is paying for it, though. The apartment community is paying for it. And we can consider it an amenity, a standing amenity to have trainers who come out daily to train us if we want to participate in it. We have yoga instructors if you want to participate in it. I know some communities have, like, masseuse and, you know, all that good stuff. And then you have specialties, like what apartment community full of kids would say no to a Jared coming to serve snowballs? For sure. It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied and nuanced as the black experience itself. 
in the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. Right? Sure. So if you have an idea or something that could benefit uh, a community, think about the value, though. Sell, sell what value it brings. What can that community offer as an amenity to their residents? I like that. And listen, just for those that are watching, we are servicing complexes and communities. You do complexes and communities? Oh. <laughs> complexes <laughs> and communities. Okay, so you're um, so yeah. Okay, now we could we could probably lead up to this this so fifty five thousand dollars a month. Yeah, yo. January thirty five hundred. Let me just tell you, when Jared initially came, right, and we talked, and and he wasn't making a whole lot of money at that time, but his passion and his heart was big. And I'm like, look, I'm going to show up if you show up. And then when I saw him, I wasn't confident that, that he would make money in the winter. Mm -hmm. You know, when I met him, when we started working, it was going into the winter. So I'm like, ooh, 
Um, so I'm telling him, okay, you need to focus on catered events, catered events, raise your prices, raise your prices. And I was suggesting different things that he could do with the school because he lives in a college town and this is what you need to do with students. When I saw him survive the winter, I'm like, okay, we could be on to something. Mm -hmm. So at the top of the year, I said, Jared, you're going to make $150,000 this year. You're going to make $150,000. I'm going to set a goal for you, and it's going to be $150,000. Well, I said, how much do you want to make? He's like, I want a six-figure business. Mm -hmm. So you're going to make $150,000 this year. And he was like, <laughs> we meet on a Zoom face-to-face, right. -face, right? And he was like, <laughs> <laughs> Wow. And now, fast forward 10 months, he's already done $400,000 wow. this year in, in actual can pull up the receipts yeah. of $400,000. And we're not even finished with the year. Um, talk about that, though. Like, you didn't believe it at first. I would get onto these Zooms and be like, because we check numbers every mm -hmm. week. Jared, how do you feel? How does it? Wow. How does this feel? How does this feel? He's like, I'm just. How did it feel like? I was just watching the numbers go. I was like, dang, that's a lot of ice. Like, <laughs> like people really, in my head, I'm like, people are really, you know, really supporting us like that. Like, it was, it's, it's really just mind-blowing. Um, like you said, from the beginning, I think the year before, I was probably like 75000 something like that. So, and again, that was the whole coaching thing. I was like, well, how do I get to the next level? Mm -hmm. um, so, I was like, well, I need some help because I'm doing what I'm doing now, but I could obviously need some help, right? Um, so in Donnie, she gave me some you know, strategic advice of what to do. And I'm one of those people, like, if you tell me something, I'm going to at least try it. Um, and everything's been working. So mm. credit to Donnie. That's awesome. <laughs> well, and, and, and not even credit to me because Jared is a hard worker. So I can coach, I can coach you, but I can't make you do the work. That's right. Fair. And so, um, Jared has never missed an appointment. I don't know if you've ever even rescheduled. A session. You may have had one reschedule because you were dealing with the job that I had to force him to quit. Yeah, um, we got to get into that too. <laughs> but but I want to say prior to this year, Jared's bread and butter, even in that seventy five thousand that you made, was mostly catered events. Mm -hmm. But then we go into twenty twenty, where though Florida didn't shut down, he had no catered events because mm. you couldn't do these events like this. So we had to pivot very quickly. Like, okay, the plan was how do we get more catered events for the year? And now we can't do that. So now the plan has to be, how do we get more customers mm -hmm. in the store? Yeah. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll never forget because I have. How long did you have the store? The store is three years. Three years. And um, as we get up to that, like where, where the hours, I thought that was pretty interesting. Oh, yeah. So I was, I was working full time at this time. So 20, what's it, 2020. So three years ago, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> That's a lot of math. Not really. But uh, three years ago, I opened the, I had. Let me back up even more for you. I'll just give you a visual. So I was working at a property appraiser. Um, and at this time, I literally just had my trailer. Um, so I had the trailer I was setting up on this corner lot that I found through the property appraiser's website. And the mm -hmm. property owner was like, yeah, you can. nobody's going to buy it. I have it at a premium. Like, nobody's going to buy it. So I was like, cool. All right. Well, let me set up there for free because mm -hmm. it was youth development. Youth development. At so I still yeah, At that time. <laughs> so I signed into that. And I thought I was going to boom because there was so much foot traffic. I was like, oh, I'm, I, one day I was there just counting how many people were going back and forth. Like 300 people, take 25% of that. I'm mm. like, anyways, I made like $20 a day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I still had my catering, so I was still good. Um, the catering has always been like my bread and butter, like she was saying. Mm -hmm. So, um, but anyway, happening, I got faced with the decision of um, I had the job for the property appraiser to reach out to me. 
And then I was like, well, do I keep doing my snowball stuff? Like, this is what I really enjoy doing. Even though I'm, I thought I was making, you know, a lot, that's what I enjoyed doing. I was like, but dang, you know, this is security over here. This is, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and I always have a, you know, a thought of, you know, God puts you in the right position at the right time. He puts everything in front of you when it's supposed to happen. So I was like, well, if I take this job, maybe something I'll meet somebody or something's going to happen out of this job that I take. So I took it and there's the one guy he would always call to get his property taxes discounted. And I had to go meet him at his property, his rental property. So I'm like, dang, like over and over again doing this. Um, and during that time too, I, I always take a trip to New Orleans to get supplies and to kind of just the group regroup for the year. Mm-hmm. And I, there's one guy, he owns a, uh, a actual storefront. And I went into the visit just to kind of see what he was doing to see their process. And again, I wanted to talk to him mm-hmm. just to get some advice, right? right, right. And again, I got <laughs> shot down. Uh, and this is another shift for me again. So he, he was telling him what I was doing. Yeah, I set up it with my trailer. You know, I'm doing like $500 a week. Like I'm thinking I'm doing great. He's like, yeah, you're not gonna make it. I was like, like what? <laughs> like he said, yeah, you're not gonna make it. You have to do more. And at that moment, I was like, I saw his customers coming in and out in a storefront. It's not common to have a store, a snowball store shop, right? Um, yeah, customers coming in and out. So then I was like, well, dang, well maybe I could look at like storefronts and just see. So I got back to Tallahassee, working as a property appraiser, and so I had access. I knew how to get all this information, how to find it, and I'm like looking at the rental rates. I was like, uh. Nah, I'm not gonna. This is not gonna work. Mm-hmm. Like twenty five dollars square foot. Nah, that's out of my budget. So I was like, well, you know, maybe it's not for me, right? And so the guy who always calls to get his property taxes reduced, he calls me. He's like, yeah, you meet me at this spot. So I'm driving. Happen to look over, and at this time I'm still looking at units, right? So I see this vacant unit. I'm like, okay, cool. And I see the guy's name. I was like, that's probably not him. So I meet him, and I was like, at the end of our meeting. Um, I was like, yeah, by the way, are you associated with this property over here? He's like, yeah. I was like, well, tell me a little bit more about it. He's like, well, it's, I'm looking at this time. 1,200 square feet is what I wanted. Reasonable rent is what I wanted. And a good location is what I wanted. So he's like, yeah, it's 1,200 square feet. He's like, here's the rent. I was like, okay, cool. That's checks too. I was like, and it's the location. I'm like, cool. Well, when is it available? Oh, I said, uh, next month we'll be done renovating it. I was like, dang, that's like soon. Like, do you want to go look at it? And so when I envisioned having a shop, I was like, I'm going to paint the walls purple. So we opened the doors, and I kid you not, the walls are already purple. Wow. Right? So I'm like, dang. It was on a silver platter for me. So I was like, I got it. And I wasn't ready at this point whatsoever to sign a lease, but I was like, like, this is what I got to do. Because keep in mind, I'm working full time. Right. Who opens a a restaurant for two hours, right? Especially serving ice. Mm -hmm. Like, so. And what hours was it? I was open from five o'clock to seven o'clock. Five so to I seven. Got off, I got off work. Like happy hour. Right. <laughs> Only open. You got to train your clients to like meet you in that window. Yeah. And that's what happened. That's what happened. It was kind of a, I didn't realize it, but it was a marketing tactic where it was like, if you're going to come, you got to come now. It's no, oh, we'll go later. Nah, you got to come between five and seven. Because when I say I open at five, I'm open at five. When I say I'm closed at seven, I'm walking out the door at seven. Wow. Why? Why? I already, I, well, I have kids. They got to get home. Mm. Uh, bath time, all that kind of stuff. So that was that was my thing. Seven o'clock was the cutoff. Mm. Who came up with that time? You or your wife? I did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, hey, bro, you need to be home by seven. Yeah, seven o'clock because I know what time bath time is. I know what all that stuff is. So seven o'clock was it. 
Um, and the other reason was because it was like, I think it was daylight savings time. So it was getting dark. At, I was like, I don't want to be here when it's dark at eight. I don't think people are going to come like that. Yeah. I've already worked all day long already. So seven o'clock was it. And what I started to notice was people were coming in. They were coming in and it's like they were rushing to come in at that. What was the promotion around getting people mm-hmm. there? At that time, I really wasn't doing too much promotion. A lot of it was just word of mouth. Because, um, again, I had some con- or a lot of customers from the catering side of the business that they knew because I was still I was still catering still. And telling them. And telling them, like, yeah, we have right. a sh- we open up a shop. Um, so in the, in the area where you're doing all these community complex. Yeah, gotcha. so my, my shop is across from Florida A&M University. Mm. Um, so I get a lot oh, of... Oh, you won. Well, yeah. I, well, right across from FAMU. Because I thought the student market was going to be my market. That's what I thought. I was like, I'm going to be booming because the students are going to come here. Yeah. I already do catering for them. Like, they're going to know me. Mm. Nah. Wow. <laughs> the students were not, they were not coming. <laughs> it was wow. all families, single families, which is even better because think of the ticket price. You know, mm. students, you come in one or two. Families, you might have a family of five people coming in. Mm. Um, How much do you sell your snow cones for now? Uh, $4. $4, $5, $6 if you want the special ones with the buck. cheesecake. Right, right. And the specialty ones. The specialty ones are say six twenty five, extra two twenty five per. I love it. So we got an average ticket price of probably like seven dollars from a dollar. From a dollar. Yeah. All right. So and overhead on that, like, what's your cost to make a cup? What's your cost uh, to make a four dollar cup? Y'all not gonna believe it. Uh, Like fifteen cents. I keep sure. talking to Jared. Franchising is something that we're gonna we're gonna move into. Mm. Baby steps. Yeah. Baby steps. I like that. Mm-hmm. Baby step right here to the A. Let's right here. We're it. about to right here. What's good? <laughs> yeah, so it was a lot to learn. It was a lot to learn through that. I know we skipped a bunch of stuff, mm. but just learning from making the syrups to where to source stuff at. Um, Because when I first started, obviously, I didn't know how to do any of that stuff. And then the machinery changed. Um, So now I make my own syrup, make my own ice. I just, I make everything so that, yeah, make my own cheesecake. So, so through this, um, through the 2020 pandemic, right, did you do something different or did you just notice that people just started coming in more? Uh, so what the sh- the shift that happened was, um, like I said, I had a big event with Florida A&M, Florida A&M that I have every year. That's my biggest catered event. When they called and canceled that, I was like, uh, and at this time the shop wasn't doing the numbers that it is now either. Mm-hmm. So I was like, dang, um, that's like a lot of the revenue that I was expecting, <laughs> and y'all just canceled. <laughs> yeah. I was like, the shop is cool and all, but I still needed that that event. Um, so what ended up happening was we we're still Florida. We were still allowed to be open, um, essential businesses. And I guess I was essential. Mm. Um, so, and people didn't have things to do. And what I realized was that I was always on my phone, just scrolling, not looking for anything, just always scrolling. So I was like, well, dang, well, most people are home too. They're probably doing the same yeah. thing. Yeah. So, Hey, let's amp up the social media presence. Um, so I went from posting. Were you not doing that before? No, nah, I wasn't. I was probably posting like three times a day, maybe. Something like that. And I think you had at the begin, beginning of the year, I think your social media following was under 2,000. Yeah. That's a lot. Three times a day? Well, maybe it wasn't even three times. It was, he wasn't posting good content. Let's say oh, it wasn't good content. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it it's one thing to post content, but posting good content is a whole also got to think, too, is that I didn't have any customers coming in like this that to really to get that kind of engagement, like customer engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, so it did help having more customers and I could post more content. Um but yeah, really just posting more. There was um, a strategy, though. Yeah, 
strategy. Let's walk through the strategy. strategy. The strategy was uh, post more. That was a lot of the strategy. Just uh, uh, I know Donnie. It wasn't, hey, just post more. It was post more, but more captivating um, images, videos of like, show, like I take pride in the ice. My mm. ice texture is the softest ice you'll find anywhere, right? So capture it being the softest ice. Like why is your ice mm. different? So if you look at some of the videos, it's almost like when you rub the spoon across, it's like velvet. Like mm. people don't have that. So like that's different itself. Um, doing like different specialty snowballs or now we have stuff like the, like a s'more snowball. Mm-hmm have an apple pie one, which is really good. So it's mm. like an apple pie syrup with apple pie ice cream. Like nobody has that. So just doing different Yeesh. things to keep people engaged. And like one of the mm. biggest things is that on the shop, it says, uh, it says snowball home of the cheesecake stuff snowball. Mm. Right. So when people see that, like, what is what that? Is that? Right, right. And you're intrigued. So you're going to, you're going to come in and be like, well, sure. and then you're going to ask questions. Then you're going to try it. And then once you try it, it's a Dang. So, Donnie, give it to me. Give me the strategy from your perspective. How did you lay it out? So, or what did you see mm-hmm. in this content? And how did you? The content was just in the beginning, it was just like, here's a finished product, right? This is what I sell. Here's the finished product. But after getting to know Jared for a while, this is this calm, laid back, like l- pleasing demeanor, this likable guy. Mm-hmm. Jared reminds me of the story of the tortoise and the hare. Obviously, you being the tortoise, right? You're just going to move slow and creep your way on through, straight through the finish line, right? And so one of the things that works in his favor, Jared is incredibly charming, incredibly charming. And I noticed that his page was lacking emotion and connection, right? It doesn't matter what you're selling. Mm -hmm. You need to... Jared is his brand. So the people who were coming into the shop were coming into the shop, trickling into the shop because they remember this nice guy who they had a great experience with at a catering event. And so when you're building a business and you are the brand, then people want to know more about you. They want to feel you. They want to connect with you. And I said, Jared, you're incredibly charming. We're going to leverage that on social media. That needs to come across on social media. So then we went into, because he would he would always be so thankful on our calls, like, man, this is amazing. I didn't expect this. I'm just so grateful. Show that on social media, right? Show that on social media. Ex- express the gratitude. Tell people how you're feeling. And, you know, so that was one angle, you know, connecting him more so. Then what I tell you, I want, I want, to, I want to want to eat the snow cone through my screen, yeah. right? I want to eat this. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Make me salivate for this. So then it was like the slow pours and the slow syrup drizzles and, you know, people, you know, and then we had to create like some staged, propped, humongous snowballs that you don't sell, but just these really like, you know, a fishbowl, a drink, fishbowl, just these huge kind of staged images, something that would shock your page and get people to stop, you know, and scroll. And then we played around with, um, Let's try different flavors out. Let's put different flavors out and invite people to come in and try those flavors. Let the community vote on your product. Should I do this ice or this ice? Should I do these jeans or these jeans? Should I do this service or this service? Mm -hmm. If you get them involved and poll your audience and they feel like they had ownership in you making that decision, they want to support it. They want to be a part of it. So social media was a huge um, leverage point. And it really, it sounds so simple but like how many I've, I've, I've had to like, Jared, what's up? Where's the social media where, right. you know, anytime the numbers 
weren't as powerful as the week before, I could always go back. Well, you weren't really doing what you do on social media. Mm. Let's get that back up. You know, and, and so many, and again, this is especially vital for personal brands, people who are attached in the face of their brand. Mm-hmm. When you get missing, people forget about you. There's, I think, 23 million users on Instagram. And so if you go, there are going to be some people who are super loyal, who are looking for you, but for the most part, people will forget you. Yeah. And so you cannot you can't risk being forgotten about on the internet if you're building a personal brand. Mm. So you have to pick your platform and decide how you're going to connect to your audience, whether that's Instagram or LinkedIn, YouTube, whatever it is, whatever your angle is, when you find that angle, you have to commit to it. Mm. And it was really Jared committing to his angle. Um, not only that, I had, you know, we had to, we had to say, look, it's time to hire. <laughs> right, 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 right. It's time to hire. Like, you know, there was a time when the line is like wrapped outside the building. And I'm like, people right. don't want to stand in that long line. Right. And so if they're not wanting to stand in that long line, now we have to build the team. Yeah. So the challenges that come along with building a business that just takes off, you know, some people would say, I'm making all this money. I want to keep it, keep it, keep it. Well, no, we got to satisfy customers on the back end. So it wasn't just front end work. Right. We got to keep them so we can look great on the Internet. But what's the experience? Yeah, for sure. And we talked about the experience. So there were simple changes that happened in how from from the time a customer ordered their product to the time they got it in their hand. We mapped out the SOPs or standard operating procedures for for what that looks like. Um, And so it's these little details that you don't realize you need Mm -hmm. that you need. And when people come in and they don't have to wait forever or when they understand, like, you know, Jared does a happy hour, they understand, well, it's happy hour. So I'm going to have to wait a little longer. Right. Mm -hmm. But if I can generally come in and guarantee that my experience is going to be the Chick-fil-A experience, which it is, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to keep coming back and I'm going to keep coming back and keep coming back. And then that led us to um, a second location, a drive through. <laughs> mm, just to piggyback on what you're saying, it was really. Hold on one second. So, Tom, you can set if you want to set up over there. It's all good. We'll be wrap. We'll be wrapping up in a second. We got, all right. Cool. See, this is piggyback. It was really, like I said, the community engagement, um, making everybody part of the brand. Because at the end of the day, you don't have the business without the customers. Um, so, if your customers aren't the ones supporting, if you don't have customers supporting, you don't have a business. So, I try and make them as big of a part of the business. Like, thank you guys. You are the true superheroes of this. Like you guys are the ones who are paying the rent. I got the keys, but you guys are the ones that are making this happen. Right. You guys are the one that are telling people, Hey, you got to try the, the ACE, the strawberry cheesecake. You got to try You got to do this. Yeah. I'm not the, I can post a picture and I can market it, but your word is more powerful than my, my image and what I'm saying. Um, So like I say, you just really, the customers are really the ones who are, you know, running the ship, really, you know, like I said, I'm just kind of directing it, but they're the ones that are really gotcha. doing it for me. That's strong. So, and, and you, not too long ago, actually left your job. So you're building this business, mm-hmm. and then you leave. Yeah, a lot of people, they didn't even, Why? a lot of people didn't even know I had a job other than that. Why but did it take so, or how much money were you making at your job? Like 30000 35000 Making $30,000, $35,000 a year. Yeah. And you have this business that's booming. Yeah, the catering well, the catering business was actually making me more. Just the catering was making me more than my job was at the time. But again, 
I always say, like, you just, I had the job because you don't know what's going to come from it. So if I didn't take that job, I would have never met that guy who now I have the storefront from. True. Um, I would have never met certain connections if I didn't have that job. So that's mm-hmm. how I look at the job. Because anytime I take on something that I don't really feel too comfortable doing, mm-hmm. well, what's the positive aspect of, like, what am I, there's something in there for me. Yeah. Um, I'm not mad at it, though, because you, I mean, you're like, you know, doubling your income, right? You're making, mm-hmm. you know, X amount of dollars here and you're making, you know, more money outside. So that's like a collective amount. So it's right. kind of hard to leave the job. But what that's made it. you say, all right, let me, I'm done with this. <laughs> yeah, I'm done with was, these peanuts. It was the, um, just the time, man. I was, I was really running myself like 120 miles an hour. I was going. Like there was no breaks from the time I I'd, I'd get up early before work, go to the shop to make sure the ice is ready or uh, make sure that I have enough syrup made, all this kind of stuff. Then I would go to work. Then I'm at work. I'm getting calls about catering. Like, hey, uh, are you available this day? I'm like, dang. Okay. So pretty much, they were gonna fire you anyway. Because I'm sure your your, yeah, honestly, your they activity should, at your job, like they should have they should have fired me. <laughs> <laughs> I know the quality of work was just trash well, my, at this point. Yeah, my quality started going down. It really did start going down. Um, but I was still getting my work done. But my priority was my business. Like, if sure. somebody calls me to a catered event, I'm not gonna say no because I have to go to work. Um, I'm going to tell you this carried event. Hey, I need to be off from one to <laughs> right. three. At the, and I, my job was super flexible. That was the other thing. Mm-hmm. Super flexible. I didn't have to ask for permission to take off. It was just like, hey, put your time in. Mm-hmm. Okay, don't no, no questions asked. But then at the end, they started asking more questions. Yeah. Like, well, I see you took off, man. Well, where were you at this time? You, your hour, you, lunch is an hour. You were gone for hour 30. I was like, and at this time, too, um, like I said, raising twin, I have twin daughters and a newborn. So just doing Congrats. doing all that, man, it just was it was starting trying to get home one time and just ripping and running. It Let me say much. though, when Jared started, um, when he when he started, one of his first the two things that he wanted to do was make six figures and quit his job. And in the beginning, you were like, So so when can I quit my job though? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, not yet, not yet. And so we put parameters in place. I set parameters and like, if you meet this, this, and this, because I'm not that coach. I'm not going to, this man is a husband. He's got three babies. I can't in good faith say, quit your job and let's just go hard at this, right? So at the time, the job was super flexible. He didn't really have to go into the office. He was out in the field more. And this is pre-pandemic. And we put these parameters in place. Okay, if you do this, this, and this, then I will co-sign you leaving your job. But when it got to that time, when he did this and this and this times three, he's like, well, I don't know. I'm just going to wait another week. Um, I know where it's coming from. He's I'm gonna, I'm sure of <laughs> I'm gonna, it. I'm going to wait another week. And remember we had this conversation in a previous, uh, in a previous episode, like that job will just keep you there because yeah. it's the check, it's the benefits, it's the, it's the feeling of security and guarantee. And so it came to the time where, you know, I'm like, okay, Jared, you really need to start thinking about transitioning into full-time entrepreneurship, which wasn't until this year, just a few months ago, this man's making $30,000, $40,000 a month, and he's still going into his job making $30,000 a year. Yeah. And I'm like, Jared, this is, no, 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 no. We can't, like at <laughs> right. this point, like now yeah. I'm demanding right. that you quit your <laughs> job because now it's costing you yeah. more money. 100%. You being, and, and so when you're, when you're job, and people ask this question all the time, how do I know when it's time to quit my job? There are several deciding factors, but one of them is 
if you're if it's costing you more money to be at your job than it mm-hmm. than it is to work your business, then that's a surefire sign. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had to have a conversation with your wife, and she got on the Zoom, and I'm like, listen. I assure you that Jared will not quit this job prematurely. And she's like, okay, <laughs> okay. I was, ready, I was ready to get out of there. Yeah. Wow. From not even this year, like last year, probably like right when I opened the shop. Mm-hmm. And um, that was probably when I was like, okay, yeah, I, I probably don't need this. I don't need the job, but it's cool. Like I don't do, I don't do a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Like it's real easy. I just drive around, measure houses, Oh, they got a window permit. How like it was real simple. Like it didn't take any pressure off me. But at the same time, it took time away from the business. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But it was one point where uh, I just had a bunch of stuff going on. I remember I got called into the office, which was numerous times. But I got called into the office, um, and they're just like, "Yeah, you know, we really don't want to let you go because um, mm-hmm. we know you really need this." And in my head, <laughs> yeah, in my head, I'm like, y'all have no idea. <laughs> you need this, man. You <laughs> need this. Uh. I was like, I understand. You know, I appreciate you guys keep giving me chances here and there. You know, I'm, I'm trying to make sure I get my priorities straight. And then it just got to the point where I was like, yeah. You got I, your priorities straight. Yeah, I can't, I can't do this. Like, I'm, I hate having to keep reporting to you guys and, like, be disappointed to you, I guess. And kind of, I don't want to tarnish my name because, like, oh, yeah, Jay, he don't work. He just, yeah. he be riding around going to deliver ice and syrup in the county truck. It, like, <laughs> in the county <laughs> Yeah, like, no. Nah. So, uh, Way to yeah. leverage your job to build your wow. business. Right. <laughs> but yeah. now, so you went from this uh, table. You went from this table. Now you have a shop. Or you went from the table to a trailer shop. to the shop. Yeah. One man show open two hours a day. Mm-hmm. How many employees do you have now? Yeah, now we have ten, ten or eleven. Um, between the store and the drive through. Between the store and the drive through, right? So it got to the point to where it was just me, obviously working, which was fine from like beginning hours. Um, and then I had I hired two employees to open up from two to seven, mm-hmm. and and then spike happened and it got to the point to where I had to have four people in the shop at the whole time from one to seven. What do you mean the spike happened? Like it just went, I'll never, it was spring break of last year and at this time I had two employees and I was like, I know as a college student, like I want to go on spring break, I want to enjoy my time. I'm not going to have you guys here, like go enjoy your time. Like I can hold down the shop by myself, mm-hmm. I'll be good. And it was on a Saturday, like I had a line at the door, which was kind of weird. I was like, okay, this is different, but I can manage it. Like, okay, whatever. They come back Monday. I was like, yeah, I tell them, like, yeah, we had a line at the door, line at the door. Like, it was crazy. Like, then Monday was busy. Then Tuesday was busy. Then Wednesday, mm. it, it got busy, busy. Then the next Saturday, I was like, maybe this is a weird week. And then that Wednesday, we literally didn't sit down. Like, normally we'd serve somebody, sit down, chill, talk, serve somebody else. It was like work <laughs> the whole mm. six hours. And then it just kept going. I was like, maybe it's some fate. Like, I don't know what's happening. It just no, kept going and going and going. That's so dope because it just seems like you became more, you quit your job one and you become, a, well, I don't know if this was the point, but you just became more intentional about growing and just the consist. sometimes the consistency just catches. It just mm-hmm. hits. So like even this podcast, we're doing these podcasts and we had about 8,000 subscribers in August. And the only thing that, um, that, that changed was the consistency. I, I told my morning meetup, I said, if we don't put out a podcast on Monday, I'm going to come on here and I'm going to give away $200 on a Monday. Mm-hmm. 
And I said, every single Monday, hold me accountable because I want to make sure like we're consistent. And um, one of the episodes hit and the joint just goes crazy. And then people start watching all the other episodes and those start going crazy. But it wasn't that it, we did anything other than get consistent and just like mentally like focus on it. And some people say, yo, it's just, it just happened overnight. You can't explain it, but you were consistent, gave a good product and it seems like the yeah. spike happens. And that's what you said about consistency. Like one of the things to take pride on is if I say I'm gonna be open from five to seven, I'm gonna be open from five to seven. If I say I'm open all year long, I'm gonna be open all year long. I don't mm -hmm. care if it's, there's those times where it's like 30 degrees outside, but I was still open. Booming. I wasn't expecting nobody to come in. Like one person, but right. I was like, "Hey, guys, I told it was you." Thirty degrees in Tallahassee. It was. It was. It was a, a off day. I don't know what was going on. Mm. But yeah, it was during the winter time, and I was like, "If I told you guys I'm gonna be open, I'm gonna be open." Yeah. And that's the same. I keep that same. Like, I want to be so consistent. Like, you don't have to. You shouldn't have to check your phone. And be like, is he open yeah. today? Yeah. Which is it's cool because I have people calling me now mm -hmm. all the time. Like, dang, I put all my hours on Google and. Instagram and all the different platforms you would look at, but um, I want people to know, like, I'm going to be open. Don't worry. I will. I promise you, unless the hurricane comes and knocks. Right. I was even open during the hurricane. The hurricane we had. Was, boy, I was boy. safe. I was I safe. Love I love it. All. Yeah, I but love before it. we before we wrap it up, uh, one of the things that I'm most proud of, like uh, for you, Jared. So early on, when we saw how much work is involved, you know, you have a location. And you know that you have to be open yep. from open until close. You know that if your team member calls in, you got to cover it. Yep. You know that when more inventory has to arrive, you bring it. If, if there's a shortage on cash, you got to be there, right? Yep. And so one of the things that you did in your brand was establish a way to earn passive income through your like morning meetup and your coaching programs. And so Jared has now done the same thing. Like... Mm. Now that I have actually, uh, one thing that I love about coaches and, and the way that I prefer to train a coach is to actually go through the steps, right? Yeah. Rather than trying to teach the elite level, let's, let's start here. Let's actually experience the steps. You experience yeah. the steps. You have yeah. a similar kind of journey of working your way off of this job to do this thing. 100%. That turned into something even bigger than what you ever wanted it to be. Yeah. And so because Jared has now gone through the steps, so if, if you have no budget, I got you. I can help you. I can, and you want to do this, I can teach you. You have a little budget, I can teach you. You got a lot of budget, I can teach you because I have now experienced all of those three pillars to be able to effectively help other people. And so we started to notice that because of his consistency, because of the success and the community is paying attention, he now has like other snowball businesses around the country following him wow. and now has these people like how do I do this how can I do this so what do you think I did Shane? oh of course of course it's course time <laughs> it's course time <laughs> it's program time uh, we're not we're, we're, we're not there yet with a completed um course but we do have a great structure for a program because yeah. this goes back to your community help like helping people Establish success at whatever it is yeah. that they have going on. So I know that you have an ebook, right? Mm -hmm. A free ebook. Free ebook, <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's really just a three a, a guide to help those get started from every level. There are three types of snowball businesses. 
Um, so we start off with the table and tent, which is, you know, the most inexpensive starter package. Um, then you also have the trailer set up, and then you also have the storefront set up. So I break down what's needed for both just to get started. Um, and you can find a link for that in my Instagram bio. Um, so I have that set up for anybody who wants who's interested in building a six-figure snowball business. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have that. And, again, I'm also taking on some uh, one-on-one coaching, too, because, like I said, people across the country gotcha. have been reaching out to me like, well, how did you get your ice like this? Or why is your serve like this? Um, and what I'm starting to realize is that the stuff that I thought is just normal, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'd love to share my knowledge with that. So you understand that. Also find links in bio as well. Um, Snowballs is my Instagram name. Yeah, just give us a close. Give us all the ways to find you. Is that Actually. what we're doing right now? Okay, let's, 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 let's get together. Okay, yeah. So you can find me um, on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. Um, Snowballs, S-N-E-A-U-X. B-A-L-L-S, um, that has access to, you know, Facebook links, coaching programs, ebook, um, catering events. If you want to book me for that, um, I will travel if the price is right. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's how you can find me. Good, good. Well, get get some get some closing words together, okay? Something to leave the people with, okay? We're going to um, um, just kind of want to say thank you for joining the podcast because I think your story is just amazing of you know like consistency and not not having a business degree or even an idea or this is your you know your 10th business that you tried and one actually worked this is like your your green I'm gonna start with a dollar and wow I made 75 bucks for an hour that's <laughs> awesome to um to you know the year isn't even over and you know um over four hundred thousand dollars that is an amazing story and just, you know, holding, balancing them both until it's absolutely impossible to keep your job. So, um, your story is absolutely important and, um, I appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate you. Um, so this podcast is sponsored as always by the morning meetup, the only community, the only community of entrepreneurs that gather all across from all across the country every single morning, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We get together, we talk, we grow, we connect. Um, there's a lesson that we're teaching this month. We was on content creation. I think next month we're, um, we're going to be speaking on, um, you know, your, uh, uh, getting your financial house in order. And every single month we have a different theme. So um, a- amazing guest speakers. So you'll be on one day, right? Yeah. You'll be, okay, cool, cool. Oh, there it is. <laughs> so make sure you go to themorningmeetup.com, themorningmeetup.com. It is live, interactive every single day. It's not pre-recorded, but you will get the recordings if you can't make that particular morning, Monday through Friday. So this podcast is also sponsored by the... Miss Donnie Wiggins and Six Figure EDU. The dopest platform for those who want to build their business as a coach, consultant, you want courses, you want digital products, you want to serve people in a valuable way digitally. I am the person to help you do that. Just, we got social proof right here. We got social, <laughs> social yes, proof. Got, right and this in. wasn't on purpose. This I wasn't like, on I purpose. Like this story too. was I, important. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, Six Figure EDU. No, seriously, if you are someone who is looking to put together a coaching program, a consulting program, you want a course, you want a group, you want to have a digital way to provide value to your tribe, uh, get at me, sixfigureedu.com, or you can hit me on Instagram and connect with me in one of the links there. Um, I think think this was dope. Yeah, Yeah. I think this was dope because... We show a lot of success on this platform, a lot. And it's important that we show 
success that can connect to a different group of people. Mm. You know what I mean? And um, having somebody, I think this is the great, uh, people say, well, how do I build a personal brand if I'm an introvert? Like this. Clearly. <laughs> right, 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 right. Like this. So what's your takeaway? Anything? Yeah, absolutely. Just the, the consistency and just going at it. And, like, you don't have to have all the information. You just have, an, have to have an idea. Stop looking at all these people who are making $100,000 a month or, you know, a, a million dollars a month. Like, my man's like, yo, I'm trying to make $75 an hour. Then we'll scale it up. And, like, people don't want to go through the process. So my takeaway is definitely just go through the process. Enjoy the journey of the process. Yeah. So. And then mine is probably going to be, uh, that That was definitely one that I would touch on, but get help. Ask yeah. for help. And um, in asking for help, if you hit a brick wall with that particular avenue, then ask for a reference. Yeah. Jared originally came into your DMs. And said, hey, you know, in response to you having some space open that went very quickly by the time he got to you, it's like this space is gone. And you said, I don't have the capacity to train anybody else. And he didn't stop there. Yeah. He said, well, who who's in your top five? Mm-hmm. The way that you ask that question, though, is so saucy. Yeah. It's like not, not who do you recommend? Who's in your top five? Yeah. Right. And then was able to find a reference there and then just continuing to ask for help, but not just in how to build the business. He asks for help also via his social media and in-store. He asks for help and feedback from his customers who are responsible for keeping the business flourishing, right? What do you think about this? Should we do this? How do y'all like this? Ask for help. And I don't think I got a referral for... Anyway, we're going to be closing south here. I I just want a meal at Ocean Air. Like, she's been... Like she said, she's gonna take me to Ocean Air, and she just hasn't. So it's just one of those things. Ocean Air is a it's it's an some people call it five stars. It's nice. I'm not gonna do that because y'all gonna eat me up. Isn't five Ocean stars Air is a nice, though, right? Five stars. It is probably a five star. I would call it more of a four star, but it's rated a five star seafood restaurant. Now, you think mind she you, take me to Ocean Air though. Chance has uh, I only think so, right. I think so. I do think so. Chance has only ever taken me the most fancy places to Cheesecake Factory. Which he knows is, the menu, like, bro. He knows it. But he multiple times. And, and I invite her to everything I'm doing. You did. And, and it's a special and menu, too. If I'm doing an event, she's involved some way, whether hosting or something. Chance knows yeah. that I am not, like. And all I want. I'm not going to, like, get one out meal. there. Same. One meal. You know what I mean? One meal. <laughs> I mean, a light little meal. Have I but never treated you to a meal? No, you have not. But Tell I me have, one. I have. <laughs> Yo, did you hear that? She said, have I never? And I said, no. She said, well, <laughs> you're right. I have, I have sent you several cash apps. Maybe not several, but I sent you, I sent you, I sent you a hefty <laughs> amount of cash apps. I wouldn't, use, sure. I wouldn't use several or hefty. I, I definitely sent hefty <laughs> cash apps. Uh, for sure, for sure. Jared, I love you, sometimes. you are the guest of yes. the hour right okay. here. I don't like how you get guests. What you mean? To to gang up on you me. You brought him. That's your man. You, yeah. That's my people. I brought you here. Hey, After right, all this right stuff. Right is right. True is true. Truth is truth. We, we got to get together this week anyway. Seriously. Absolutely. But let's, let's let Jared close us out. Yeah, close and, us out um, with a word. Close out with a word. Okay. Um. I think the biggest thing is to don't be afraid to start small but have a big dream because um, mm. it doesn't matter where you really start it's just know where you're trying to go because like I said I started with a table and a tent and now I have a storefront 
a drive-to location and a mobile trailer. So if I would have, you know, tried to jump into that trailer first, who knows where I'd be. I may have been discouraged making $20. I'm like, dang, I'm not going to be sustainable. Mm-hmm. But I started off with literally, I can't, you can't go much lower than the table. Like, and the, the cheap machine I had, mm-hmm. yeah, you can't go much lower. So start small um, and just build, your, build yourself up because, like you said, just respect the process. You learn so much going through the process. Like, um, the rights, the wrongs, stuff is going to break. You're going to do stuff absolutely right. You're going to do abs- stuff absolutely wrong, too. Um, and I think it's cool for people who can track your journey as well. So I, one thing I do wish is, like, the current customers I have that are, like, just now s- jumping on, mm-hmm. I wish they could have seen the process from the beginning because they think that this is what I started with. Mm-hmm. I'm like, nah. <laughs> yeah. The table, the actual table I started with is actually in the shop. Mm-hmm. It's now, in the shop, and it's cool. It kind of gives wow. me a reminder just, like, yeah, this is what I started with. Wow. So um, that's really it. And just, just keep pushing, remain positive through, you know, whatever you guys got going on because um, things do get better. They get better. You just got to stay consistent and uh, just remain positive through it because everybody's going through something at the end of the day. So. I have one question mm-hmm. for the camera. Are we going for the million next year? Yes. And I say, that with hesit- I say that with hesitation because I would have never imagined that, let alone the six figures. Because the goal was 100000 <laughs> And once I got past 100000 I was like, okay, then the goal, we got past 100 we got to 150 then we got to 200 And she's like, yeah, we got to go for uh, 250 I was like, now a quarter of a million. Like, that just sounds better right, to me. Right. Like, so we got that. And I was like, dang, so we passed that. So now, like, we just keep going yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, a million. A million. There a million. it is. Look, yeah, can't close I'm it out excited. no better than that. Look, make sure y'all follow us all on social handles. Just enjoy the journey, okay? Share this with somebody. Yo, do me a favor. If you watch this whole thing, I need you to hit the like button, okay? Like and subscribe. Do you know that I think... Uh, 70% of the people who are watching this video aren't subscribed. Just subscribe and hit the like button. That really, really helps, um, especially when you get this podcast. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big